Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back in the house on a Friday. Ray here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Your boy Oakry, at Derek Oakry on Twitter. And you know who the other guy is on the show. He's the legend. He's the one and only. Just the uh, the guy that makes the show what it is, or at least that's what he tells himself. Grifka, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm back to drink the Kool-Aid after you let me kind of talk, you know, uh, you know, look at the dark side of things on Wednesday. You know, the weather's beautiful. It's going to be another beautiful weekend here in Michigan. You know, another great weekend to go outside, not be cooped up. Gosh, and, you know, as always, TGIF. <laughs> I'm going to have to start hitting you, Griff, on the beginning of the show with a double bell when you say, I'm good, I'm good every day. It's going to be two bells for you. I'm just warning you. So keep that up. You're going to, okay. you're going to, you're going to get the madness uh, at the top. Let me change it up. <laughs> no, I I'm, want you to do I'm it every time. I'm doing this podcast oh. from a ditch right now. <laughs> I want you to do it every time so I can bell you. The more bells, the better, in my opinion. Grifka, it's a Friday. We're talking Lions. We got the Detroit Kool-Aid back out. I mean, let me pour us both a glass right here. Hold on. Let me get the pitcher. Drink it in now. Grifka, what do you got for me on a Friday? Don't get me all upset. Don't get me all bothered here early because I, I don't want to have to shout you down like I've been known to do on a Friday. What do we got? Okay, so you want me to save the blood boiling stuff till later and you want me to start you off with kind of a, a softball that you can knock out of the park or Grifka, you want to get the uh high I, I gave, sodium Grifka I gave you the sport we shall not speak of on the Armageddon show don't try to don't try to sneak it in with your with your euphemisms and your or your uh alliterate whatever whatever you were trying to do there by getting that sport we shall not speak of in Grifka you know on a Friday I'm ready for anything you got and I'm either going to tear you up or I'm probably going to tear up some writer that you're going to bring up that's going to just get me off the handle. So whatever you got, I'm ready to go. Okay, well, let's do that then because, you know, I'm oh, starting boy. to get tired Here of this guy. Go. You know, I mean, we all know him. You know, Pete Briscoe from CBS Sports, he gave the Lions, what, like a C grade from the draft. And even though we all got together, we talked about it, we thought it was much better than just a regular average C. You know, uh, Pete Briscoe um, this week decided to come out with his top 100 players in the NFL. I mean, when you look at it, yeah, the Lions didn't have a very good year. But Pete Briscoe put zero Detroit Lions on his top 100. I mean, he's got guys on there like Cooper Cup and was it DJ Chark from the Sandy, from Jacksonville Jaguars. He's got my favorite quarterback, Kirk Cousins. You know, he's even on that list. I mean, it's just I was kind of mind-boggling. Now, don't get me wrong. Somebody like, I mean, he has this, you know, almost made it type or just missed and it's about 40 guys. How can you have 40 guys on a just miss? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, <laughs> but anyways, I mean, even your favorite guy, Odell made 
made the list and, you know, you know, go figure. And so got another guy's like David Bacchiotomy, the tackle from Green Bay, whose best play is, you know, faking uh, hands to the face <laughs> twice. So, uh, I, I, I mean, don't you think, I mean, are you telling me, you know, Kirk Cousins better than Matt Stafford? You know, and, you know, Cooper Cup better than Kenny Galladay? What kind of crap is this? <laughs> Grifka, what the people really want to know is, where's Baker Mayfield on that list? <laughs> he didn't even make the uh, too close, you know, almost made it, you know, because even Pete Briscoe knows that. That guy's an overrated piece of tire fire trash. Grifka, I think we heard somebody say that before on the show. I'm like, that's Baker Mayfield right there. Baker. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to let you know. He sucks, okay? Yeah, there you go. Mark it down. <laughs> Grifka, you may think he sucks. You know who I think sucks? It's this guy, Pete Prisco, this Rudy Poo that you bring up. Hey, hey, Prisco, I got a little something for you here. Hold on a second. I got a little something for this guy. I mean, hey, Prisco. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. Are you telling me... There isn't one Detroit Lion in the top hundy. Are you kidding me right now? Like, Grifka hit on some points. Kenneth Galladay's on that list. Get the heck out of town. I mean, Matt Stafford, I mean, quarterbacks I'm sure are devalued. So are the players that didn't do good, I don't know, in the past three months when this guy actually watched football. I mean, this is this is recency bias, Grifka. This is the old, uh, let, me, let me stack all the big names up top that make the programs and that are the ball players, like Odell. And then you put all the players and the teams that the, aren't loved at the bottom and, and players that haven't done well recently. I mean, this is this is that that pre-written article that you write at the end of the season and you save in your drafts of your email or of your your publishing doc, and then you just hit go because you haven't changed it, you haven't thought about it. All he did was put like the bad teams low. He left all the teams that aren't the darlings of the NFL off his list. Put in a few like random sleepers, and then it's all the all the obvious, all the guys that were good in 2019. Like this is what I yell at you about on the show is like, it's not always about what you did for me yesterday. Uh, it's about what you're going to do for me. It's about what you can do. It's about your talent and, and like the overall construction of these, these players, these teams, whatever it may be. So these people come out with these articles It might as well be titled like my favorite players of 2019 or guys that performed well in the last six months, because that's all it is with these things. I mean, it's not, it's not true. Like top hundred players in the, league because if so the lions would definitely be on it yeah i agree with you i want to you know get that out obviously my little tirade you know i, I feel there should be at least one maybe two lines on that oh and by the way um for all the uh lions fans that uh, love darius Lay like me he did pull in at number 96 so uh still number 96 i mean that, even if he was down the lines it would have been one person and number 96. So, Grifka, you know why he's 96? Okay. Why is that? Because you shook his hand. You know why. I mean, everybody knows that's the reason he's done anything in the NFL, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my biggest fear, actually. If they don't allow us to go to training camp, I'm not going to be able to shake Jeff Okuda's hand. And he's just going to be, you know, you know, D. Milner. I mean, that's that's the bad thing. <laughs> Grifka, if you don't shake his hand, I mean, we're going to be at camp, and this sound drop is just going to happen if you're not able to shake his hand. There's going to be automatic panic in Allen Park if that doesn't occur. I know, exactly. We've all seen what, what what's happened, so it's oh, known. I mean, 
Slate all the people. Us, Slate credits me. There's going to be a chant that says, shake his hand, shake his hand, because you know if you don't, I mean, the people just need you to do this for the team. Help me. Yep. Help me. <laughs> shake his hand, Grifka, <laughs> shake his hand. Get him in the top That's all there's please. to it. Okay, uh, next question. Uh, saw this article as well. Um, Stafford, this year, is a lo- he's, he's in the list of long shots to be MVP in the league. I mean, do you think he's a long shot or, or with this offense, where they could be, do you think he has a, you know, better than a long shot chance? Grifka, did you say Stafford? Yes. Stafford! Grifka, is this a real question before I answer? I just want to be clear. Yeah, I like this question for you. <laughs> Grifka, like Matt Stafford, every year, here's the thing with him. It's been since 2011, 2012, when this dude put up 40 touchdowns and like 5,000 yards. Um, every year thereafter, you get a few writers that will say, you know who might come out of the woodwork and be MVP or, or be the top quarterback in the game? Yeah, you know what name they say, Griff? You, want, you, got, you got one guess for me? Baker Mayfield. Stafford! <laughs> it's Stafford. And you got to work on your Baker Mayfield, Griff. It goes a little something like this, as you would do. <clears throat> Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to work on that. I mean, you got a few good gimmicks on the show, but leave the Baker Mayfields to me, please. Now, now let's talk about our quarterback again. I mean, his name is Stafford. Like, like I said, they always put him in there, and they're like, because we always have some decent weapons. You know, you love that word. We always have a team that sh- hasn't done much, so it's like, here's a sneaky pick. Here's the guy I can put in there that nobody else will think of. This will get some clicks. This will get some reads. Like, I heard this from, what, Ben Solak of the uh, Draft Network, which... The, the guy makes me laugh. I like Solex takes. I like his podcast with uh, Trevor Sikama. Those guys are funny together. I mean, I I appreciate him for his knowledge, but he came out there with this Matt Stafford best dark horse for MVP type of thing. And and I like it because it gets us a little pub, but I feel like it's the it's the easy button. It's the thing to do. I mean, it's the tricky name, but also like probably not going to happen. So... I mean, if people want to check it out, we'll do a Griff Could Cheap plug. Like, I'm currently working on my Matt Stafford fantasy football article where I mention this about Pete, him getting some MVP love. I give you his projected numbers. I talk about redraft, best ball, and dynasty formats where you might want to take Matt Stafford. I do the same thing in fantasy football. Like, I feel like he's the guy that I can wait on in drafts if I get him at the right price. Like, plus I have a bunch of other talented players. He can, he can get me a championship, but... I mean, I also feel like most times since 2011-ish, that hasn't worked too well. You know, he's he's always decent. I think I looked at his stats the other day, and, like, when he's healthy, he's going to be in that second crust, second tier of quarterbacks, you know, in regards to not the top five, six, seven, but an eight to 12 area, you know, when it comes to stats or fantasy numbers. But, I mean, I would think everything would have to go absolutely tremendously off the charts for Stafford to be in that consideration. Like, the Lions would have to go on a big winning streak. And I I just see him, like, if he's healthy, I can see him playing well. But it's been so long since I've been wowed by the guy in regards to, like, you know, when he used to put up, remember he put up like 404 TDs or he, every once in a while to have that 500 and maybe, or he'd have five touchdowns in a game. 
that's been a long time since we've seen that type of dynamic play. So I think he's going to have a good season. I think he could have a really good season, but I just don't know how you get up in that MVP category when you got all these favored teams by the NFL and you got people like Pete Briscoe, right? And like that, that you know, we're not even in the hop, top hundred players. Like how, how are you going to win over guys like that and get to number one in the league? when you can't even get in the top hundy, like, come on, man. Like you'd have to have the most dynamic season ever to bypass the, the Pat Mahomes, the Lamar Jackson's, you know, of the world. It's basically a quarterback award that, that helps him. But other than that, I just, I, I can't see it happening, but I really hope Matt Stafford has a really good year for the team, the city, and, and just for himself to sort of put 16 plus games together where he shows off that rocket arm and he makes good decisions and he puts up yards and touchdowns. Like, gotta have it in 2020 and beyond yeah i'm i'm there with you that uh so you agree yeah i I agree with you (laughs) that uh he'll have to uh he'll have to pull some of the that that magic out those remember that year what he had eight come from behind victories and stuff like that they'll have to do something like that and they're gonna have to win you know 12 13 games make a deep playoff run you know, for him to be considered that way. Other than that, you know, guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, defensive coordinators are going to need to figure him out. Um, you know, Pat Mahomes, he would have to, I guess, come back to earth a little bit. You know, writers would have to stop sticking their head up Aaron Rodgers' butt, you know, you know, m- making him sound like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, even though he's getting old. It's just something like that, where he would have to do that, and people would all of a sudden look and say, like, wow, look at the year Stafford's having, because – you know, at this point, people are already assuming that, you know, yeah, he'll have decent numbers, like you said, but all these other guys, the Mahomes, the Jacksons, Aaron Rodgers, those quarterbacks are going to be throwing up the mad stats. And that's one that people are already going to like predetermine taking home that award. So um, let's do this. Uh, we're about halfway through. Uh, let's take a pause for the cause and pay some bills and then come back. I got a couple other questions for you. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan, Griffco. Please listen to our sponsors. Really helps us out. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Hope you'll check out Spotify and Anchor Podcasts as well as our other great sponsors. And uh, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening, um, sharing it with a friend. Uh, always fun to um, talk football. I'm waiting. We're, we're here in mid-June, basically. Like, hopefully at the end of July, we'll have training camp. So I really hope that we'll be able to uh, kick up, you know, some more Twitter uh, conversations at that point. We're still waiting for 
the Lions to make the big move, which I said would happen right before the July 4th holiday, where they were signed Jadavion Clowney Grifka to the Detroit Lions, have him and Flowers' bookends and have this new uh, Patriots defense as well as our high-powered offense. So once that happens, I'll be yakking all day, every day. But uh, we're here talking Lions here on a Friday. Grifka, what else we got? Um, next question for you. Uh, you um, back on your Believe in cast that I was uh, listening Griffin, to. Hold on. Uh, you this is like, hold on. This, that... Hold on. It's like the fourth show okay. you mispronounce it. If you're going to give me a cheap plug and you've actually said you've listened to the show, which surprises me with all the functions and other important tasks you have to do that are way more important than this show. Like, can can you get the name right? It's Believe in Lions, the Believe in Lions podcast, not the Believe in cast, like Believe in Lions. And, and this is the Detroit oh, Kool-Aid cast. Believe in Lions podcast, please. On the Believe podcast okay, network. Give, give me the okay, plug well, correctly, please. <laughs> so I was listening to your Believe in Lions podcast. Thank you. And you were mentioning how the Lions have a nice uh, mix of young talent with veterans. Um, my question is for you, out of that young talent, which one do you believe is the biggest building block for the future of this team? Grifka, I'm not going to ask, is this a real question? This is a good question. Before I answer this good question, I'm going to tell people you can check out Believe in Lions. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions podcast. Drops every Monday where I believe in the Detroit Lions by the end of this episode. So will you? I believe, I believe, I believe. Little R. Kelly drop for you, but Grifka, you're talking about the the person to build around for the Lions. I mean, the reason I I didn't ask you this a real question or rag on you is because this is a hard one for me. Because as much as I tout the Detroit Lions and I say, oh man, like everyone's ragging on this team. When you look at the roster, it's a it's a young, um, you know, financially responsible roster with some some good young up and coming players, some good veterans. But like when you talk about one guy to build around, like the Lions don't have that that premier, uh, no doubt talent. I mean, uh, the thing I would say is that, you know, you know that I was a little bit in the camp of this might be the time to move on from Matt Stafford when you had the number three pick. And the reason I thought that too. A degree, I know people on Twitter are going to go crazy because there's that, that group of people that he's untradeable, he's un, you know, you, you just can never get him off this team. Is like, I thought Tua is special in regards to winning. I, I feel like even if Tua doesn't come out and, and wow you with all the statistical numbers, like he's going to be a better passer and a better football player. Um, but, but have the winning qualities like Tim Tebow did, where he just every week after week when he got the start, like he found a way to. To rise his team up and like next thing you know they were winning games and nobody knew how like you know for as much as talented as Matt Stafford is there's been plenty of times where I feel like he has enough outside weapons he has a, a good enough game flow going where he should win and he it always comes up short it's not always on him but it just always falls a little bit so you know, that's that's where I was thinking, like, maybe we need this new quarterback to build around that just has that absolute winner quality. But on the side point, like, again, it's crazy to say this in 2020, but if you're going to build around one player on the Detroit Lions, it's still Matt Stafford. He's only 32 years old. Um, you're seeing quarterbacks now play 38, 39, 40, 40 plus years old for some of these guys. They don't get hit. They don't um, take the wear and tear like all these other positions. So let's say Matt Stafford plays till 38, 39. Like that's seven, eight more seasons of football. 
I mean, that's two more contracts basically like that you could almost get out of this guy if you wanted to, or worst case, was he, was he hanging up at 36, 37? That's still five more years of football. So, I mean, he's still the piece to build around. I don't see any defensive studs. I don't see any offensive players that are like, Hey, because you can't build around running back or wide receiver. You can't build around a tight end. You can't build around like a middle linebacker. The closest thing we'd have is, is depending on how, how Trey flowers pans out. I think he's still 26 years old. He's got all the size and measurables. You look for a great guy off the field and a guy that, if he produces consistently with, with both sacks as well as just consistently good against the run, getting quarterback pressures, like you could put that blue chip on him as a defensive player, but he doesn't do anything that wows you where you just, oh my gosh, like he's just a, a unbelievable physical talent other than you look at him and say, man, what a big, stout, good football player he is. So Stafford on offense, Flowers on D, but you know, you're, you're not going to build around any of these other guys. And some people may say that's a detriment. And I just feel like it's the 04 Pistons where a lot of really good players, a lot of under the radar guys. And now they just have to rise up and, and play to their, their expected level or their optimal level. And that's when you'll see W's pile up. And then people be like, man, I, I, I was looking at this team. We had like no pro bowlers. We had lost a bunch of games. And now here, all of a sudden we ripping off, you know, nine to 11 wins a season for a three, four year span. I mean, I could see that happening with Matt Stafford rolling and, and some of these guys coming into their own. That's an interesting take. Cause I could have swore you probably would have went with like Kenny boy or, you know, Tracy Walker or something like that. But, uh, you know, going with Stafford flowers. I mean, I guess I wasn't expecting that out of you. So you just, you just I, do, can't, I like that take. You just can't do it when you're talking about roster building and, and, you know, uh, position value, like Tracy Walker can be all world. He's still, a uh, uh, versatile, you know, free, strong safety, whatever you want to call him guy in the back end. I mean, same with, same with Kenneth. I mean, he, he can be great. He, he's never going to be a top five receiver for me based on the other guys that are in the league. And, and, you know, the only way that you, that you build around receivers, they have to be the, the creme de la creme. They have to be guys. You have to double on every play. They're, you know, same with running back. DeAndre Swift could be incredible. And I just feel like he's he's still going to be a piece to the puzzle, not the, the guy that you build around. Starts at the quarterback defensive end for the most part. Okay. Um, uh, last question for you here. I was wondering on this. Uh, it's obviously been a while since the Lions have had a very, you know, stingy, stout defense, however you want to call it. It seems like the last one they had was what uh, last year they had Sue where they got robbed in Dallas. It's the biggest robbery in a playoff game I've ever seen. But uh, it seems like uh, Matt Patricia, for his defense, he prefers to do more of a, uh, you know, have the coverage, uh, you know, have the defensive backs do coverage as opposed to trying to blitz and get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, my question to you is, um, do you think the Lions defense needs to be more aggressive to create more turnovers and more negative plays? Or do you think they'll just kind of come into their own under Matt Patricia's system and they'll be able to generate turnovers and negative plays that way? Um, this one I'm a little torn on as well. On my uh, Jadavion Clowney uh, show here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, I talked about you got to be able to get after the quarterback. You got to be able to rush the passer. On my Believe in Lions podcast, I talked about the Lions don't want to do that. They want to cover. They wanna, they've want to. they added to their coverage when it comes to Okuda, Harmon, 
Tracy Walker, uh, Trufant on the other side, you know, some, some uh, other football players, Collins that can cover on the interior. So if you're asking me what they want to do, I feel like they want to, um, you know, back to front cover, get some tip balls, get some pressure on the quarterback. Hopefully guys can be more ball Hawks. Like, you know, my big problem with Slay was always, yeah, you call yourself big play Slay. You only had one or two seasons where you actually got a bunch of turnovers every other year. You just wagging fingers and knocking the football down or, or being sticky in coverage. You're not making big plays. You're just there being, you know, above average at the position. So if Okuda can get his hands on footballs, if Tracy get his hands on some more footballs. I mean, I wrote up an article on Lions Wire, USA Today Lions Wire as well, talking about I see Deron Harmon as a, like a Glover Quinn type player where they both play free. They similar size. They can go get the football. Like Deron Harmon's had 10 picks in the last three years, like with the Patriots, like that's good numbers from a single high. So I think they're going to go coverage to rush. If I had my way, I would beef up that other defensive end. I'd come after the quarterback and still, you know, have the type of linebackers to play the run and then hope that, based on the guys I have and the increased um, bodies that I could cover. He can't be much worse in coverage than they were last year based on injury and whatnot. So I think that uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I hope that um, I hope that all works out um, the way they do it. But I think you, I think just ignoring pass rush the way they have this off season and thinking like between the Oquara boys and flowers and maybe Deshaun hand at the outside edge that you're going to be okay. I think you definitely need a, another dynamic body there. The way the NFL's built. Now you got to rush off the edges. You got to, um, get after the quarterback and that we did not last year. I mean, it's plain and simple. It just seems like since I've been watching the lions, they very rarely do have that pressure, high pressure defense. They seem to play a lot of bend don't break. And it just seems like, with the bend, don't break, your defense tends to break more so than just bend and hold up. I mean, we all like, oh, great, the team only marched, you know, 60 yards down the field and they held them to a field goal. But it just seems that key moments when they are playing that bend, don't break, you know, they give up the score, the touchdown, where it costs them the game and where we're looking for them to, you know, get on get on the quarterback as, as soon as possible, you know, blitz somebody, you know, bring the pressure on the, and that third and long. And they just don't, they'd rather just sit back and play the sticks and hopefully tackle the guy before he gets to the sticks. And I know a lot of teams believe in that. And, you know, you watch a lot of football and that happens, but you, you, you do get those teams that, you know, they get that nice mix where and they do blitz a lot. They do bring a lot of pressure. They have that talent that can do that. And they're not just playing, you know, you hold your gap and just wait till a guy runs at you and makes a tackle, you know, go get the guy, you know? So I, I would love it if, if they actually brought more heat and, you know, put a little less, you know, took some pressure off those cornerbacks as opposed to trying to make them cover for four or five seconds. I mean, we all heard the story last year where they're playing the Cowboys and Dak Prescott went through his progressions three times before he actually had to throw the ball. I mean, that's, that's just sorry. So, um, you know, I, I would love it. You know, if they just if they just brought more pressure than that. So, so in short, in short, what you're saying is you think the bend don't break is not that. Uh... It just it's not that great. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, they're just playing a pre-fend defense. You know, at the end of a half, but no, they're playing their straight up defense. They're just sitting a little deeper. I mean, that straight the true prevent. I mean, you're dumping four guys way back. And I know you, we've seen it happen, you know, like last play of the, of the half or whatever. Yeah, you're doing that. But 
they're not playing a, a true prevent when the team's on like their you know 20 25 yard line and they got them they got a march you know 75 yards ago take it you know get the touchdown i mean they, they, they're playing a little softer but they're not playing as deep i mean because if teams are ripping off chunks of 15 20 yards you know you're not really preventing anything. You're just giving them a lot of field. And then you're trying to get your defense switch to that mentality of like, okay, now we got to put this, put the hammer down and the team just marched, you know, you know, 70 yards and, you know, you know, 45, 50 seconds. It's, it's just not an easy, you know, thing to flip. So I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of the bend don't break. That's, that's just me though. I know there's plenty of other people that live by it and they, they're fine by it, but that's just yeah. me. I know. I'm about to give you a quick counter because I feel like what you do, Grifka, a lot of times is you just decide you don't like something, but you don't you don't understand that just because you don't like it in general doesn't mean that it not only can't work, but it's not a, a good concept in general. Like the reason people run or try to do bend, don't break is it's really hard to go 80 some yards on a drive and, and make perfect passes and not have a sack, a tip pass, a loss, you know, on a run play, which are drive killers. So the, the, the thought process is to get them to dink and dunk, knowing that you're probably going to make a mistake at some point rather than have a perfect 80 yard drive. And instead what you see is, Oh, the lions, you know, got shredded. They gave up, you know, all these yards and touchdowns and instead of looking at the personnel that was out there. And it always comes down to execution. Like if you run this, this coverage versus rush defense and you don't have guys that are, are, are aware enough to jump routes at time. There were so many times where like somebody be on an under and like, they just, they didn't have that, that anticipation to go get the football. I was think I was just watching the, the Cardinals game a little bit recently again. And like Tracy Walker makes a great play in the first quarter where he just flies from his safety position to the sideline and picks off a ball from your favorite player, Kyler Murray and like t- taps his toes and, and came out of nowhere with his go-go gadget arms and, all you really need are a couple more players that can do those types of things and have those type of skill sets to make the bend don't break a really good defense. Because now when people are trying to throw into zones and holes and openings, you've got guys like Harmon flying in to pick the ball off. You've got guys like Okuda that are sticky, that are going to not only be right there in coverage, but he he's got great ball awareness, man. He gets his hands around a lot of footballs. And, and that's the only thing that was missing last year was health and not getting those tips, turnovers, and whatnot. So, and you can't be a rush-only team if you don't have rushers. Like until they get clowny, like <laughs> I'm not calling them to rush a ton because they don't have bodies there. They've got one guy that had a really good pass rush rate last year, Okwara, who I think can be better, but he was not good. And then Young Okwara, who <clears throat> is going to be just in the league. So. You know, until they do that, until Deshaun Hand plays like, I don't know, two games in a row without being hurt, like they have to basically base it more on where their strength is right now, which is coverage over rush. And we can both say we don't love it, but that's they're much more suited to do that right now than to say, go, go get the quarterback, go blitz all of our linebackers, which are what Grifka slow linebackers. So it's better for them to play gap sound and to um, keep things in front of you and, and hope that other teams kill themselves than it is to bring the house and then get beat deep every play. That's my counter argument. I, I, I see your point. I, and I'm, um... I'm, I, uh, reasonable minds can differ. So all I got to say with that, so, Ooh, I was hoping you, you'd you, say you, it. You, 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 you want to rush the quarterback? Stop getting, you know, you know, 
coffee tables to go play linebacker. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I work with a guy who has one of those motorized wheelchairs and he moves faster than Christian Jones. So, I mean, that's nope. all there's to it. Christian Jones, good football player. Jared Davis may have a breakout season and Jelani Tavai is, um, yeah, he's going to have a break. A the only thing that's going to break out is, is his shirt because he's going to wear a medium. And since he bulked up trying to look like the Incredible Hulk, he's just going to like flex and just rip his medium shirt. So, Griff, yeah. you did it. You did it last show on your own, but I just got to prompt you because it made me laugh. What What could Jared Davis do now, maybe better than he can covering tight ends based on his uh, his newfound physique? Oh yeah, he could <laughs> he could sell a pair of jeans with the best of them. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard when look you said for, that. It was so funny. Look, look for your local Sears catalog in the mail and get a picture of a. Uh, Jared Davis selling a pair of Jordash or something like that. Oh, Zeke Averichis. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Grifko, what else you got? You got anything else to get me all flustered or to set you straight on today? No, it's Friday, and I know your apartment, you know, you don't have the air on, so it's probably about 110 degrees in there, and you got some muffins sitting out on the counter so they bake. So, uh, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll finish that up. Is there anything else you want to touch base on? <clears throat> Grifka, I brought up my place. I was showing people how tough I am. I'm not some wimp, like, I don't know you, that's got to have it at 67 degrees and, and be this uh, guy all clamped up in his cool house. I mean, I'm sitting here. I got some fans. I got some windows open. I'm I'm in the best shape of my life i mean i'm feeling good so no, no worries about about my, the temperature here i mean the only time the temperature is uh, way above where it should is when you ask me these ridiculous questions from lions 24 <laughs> 7 or any of this other garbage you do on a friday and you know how we end the show i mean this isn't bizarro this isn't uh detroit kool-aid cast armageddon this is this is our show this is what we do grifka do you have anything else for the people uh, nope. Everybody, please hit up at Grifka DKC on Twitter. And as I often say, I'd prefer it to be jokes about him, some of his gimmick lines, tell him how bad his takes are, um, remind him that he, he placed a far second in the Detroit Kool-Aid cast smack, uh, smack talk contest. Again, you can listen to the Jim Rome smack off next Friday. I'll be doing that. Griffco will probably be at a bar mitzvah or out on the swing set or doing something stupid. I'll be, um, enjoying the Jim Rome show. But, uh, for this episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, we're get up out of here. We'll check you guys next week. Talking all things, Detroit lions and another week, Closer, hopefully to football. Hopefully at the end of July, training camps will go off without a hitch. We'll get football back as we're expecting as the world comes back to a somewhat normal, which would be very great if it could do that. So thank you guys so much for listening. Take care. I'll check you next week. We're out. Drink it in, man.